Welcome to the Known Parent Podcast. This podcast is presented to you by your friends at LifeWay Student Ministry. We want to help you lead your teenagers to know God, own their faith, and make their faith known. You can learn more about LifeWay Student Ministry at www.lifeway.com students. Your hosts for the Known Parent Podcast are Rick Paul and Mike Wakefield from Student Ministry Publishing at LifeWay. Rick has a son and daughter in college, and Mike has a daughter in college and a son in high school. In addition to being parents of teenagers, both Rick and Mike have experience in student ministry, church staff ministry, and ministry through student ministry publishing. Let's join Rick and Mike as they share their experiences related to the topic for parents and teenagers addressed in this month's Known Study. Welcome to another episode of our Known Parent Podcast. I'm Rick Prawl. got Mike Wakefield here with me. Mike, how's it going? I'm good, Rick. Good. Mike, we're starting a brand new month. Um, and we get to talk about Jesus this month. Um, we're excited about that. And uh, we brought in an expert on Jesus. <laughs> uh, we've got James awesome. Jackson here with us this month. And excited to have James with us. Uh, James has done some work with Known, uh, has done some midweek writing and some other stuff. Uh, James, tell folks that are listening, especially parents, um, what do you do here at Lifeway? And just a little bit about your family. Sure. Well, just so you'll know, I'm not the only expert on Jesus uh, at Lifeway. There's there's lots of us. But yeah, I'm the editor of Life Truths, which is one of the Bible studies for life curriculum. And this one is dealing specifically uh, with parents uh, who have kids who are still living at home as kind of our target audience. So I've been doing that for about three years. It's uh, If you're looking for a new Sunday school resource for parents, it's a whole lot like known. It's very visual. It's very interactive. There's a lot of things on the page to kind of capture your attention and give multiple ways to start a discussion in a small group. So uh, just a little – Advertising for Life Truths there. Hope you'll check it out. Some great I'm, writers. You've used some I'm, great fantastic writers. Fantastic writers. Yeah. Rick and Mike have both written for me, and uh, hopefully oh, yeah, they'll hopefully they'll both oh, write guys. again. Um, so yeah, I've been doing that for about that three years. Like an now. Offer there. Exactly. <laughs> well, count on it. You, okay. You can you can bank on that yeah, one because right. you guys did a great job. I've been doing Life Truths for about three years. I've been at, at Lifeway for 13 years. Before that, I was working with student events, doing Centrifuge, Infuge, all that good stuff. I've uh, got two kids. Caleb is 13 years old. He's starting high school in a couple months. And then Joshua is nine years old, so he'll be a fourth grader when we go back to school. All right. Well, there you go. Welcome to the world of high school students. There you go. <laughs> It's a lot of fun. With fear and trembling. That's right. I, I enter into it. You'll uh, turn to Jesus quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly. So let's talk about it. Right, I want right. to learn some stuff. Well, parents, as uh, we get into uh, this new month of study, this unit of study, uh, just, I want to give you just a real quick overview of what your kids are going to be looking at in Bible study. Uh, obviously, as we mentioned, we're talking about Jesus this month. The unit's called Savior and King, and it's really just it's a, a study to help your students begin to understand what it means for Jesus to be Lord in their lives. And we're going to actually get into that. And we're talking about questions like, why did Jesus come into the world? Why did Jesus do miracles? Why do I need to know Jesus? And and what does it mean for Jesus to be the Lord of my life? Just kind of this big picture of, of just a relationship with Jesus. And it, you guys, as we get started, I want us to kind of think about from a parent's point of view, you know, you know, as Christians, as guys that work at Lifeway, you know, obviously we're talking about Jesus at home, and we're taking our families to church, and we're worshiping and singing, and 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 trying our best to live for Christ. But just in a real practical sense, when it gets to our homes, how do we how do we talk about Jesus beyond just 
Christmas and Easter that, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's not just a baby in a manger and he's not just the Savior who died on the cross. How do we talk to kids about Jesus at home? Well, I think before we get really to how to do that, I think we've got to do that. Yeah. I mean, and we talk about this a lot just because of the worldviews that are out there today. I think our kids, and we talked about this in our other podcast for this unit, but that our kids are going to school with the world now. And with, when they go to school with the world, they go to school with the, lots of different faiths. Um, and so those different faiths have different beliefs about Jesus. And some of them want to line themselves up to kind of kind of look like us and kind of talk like Jesus is, you know, the same kind of Jesus. So we've got to be proactive. We've got to be intentional about saying this is the Jesus of the Bible. This is who he really is. And so um, as we talked about, Rick, what in our home, um, it's always just been in conversations. We, you know, we just try to take advantage of conversations that we have. Usually for us, it was always Sunday afternoon lunch was always a great mm-hmm. time for mm-hmm. us because it was fresh. What did you study in Sunday school? This is when they were smaller, especially. Right. What did you study in Sunday school? What was you know what was the message about? Let's talk about that. So that was some great conversation because it was still fresh on their mind. Um, and so we used that time. We tried to intentionally use that time to to talk about who Jesus is. Yeah, and I think too you can't just assume that. They're going to pick it up through osmosis mm, right, yeah. or whatever. I was before I came to Lifeway as a youth minister, and I remember uh, one day I had one Easter I had baptized a kid on Easter Sunday, and a little middle schooler, great guy, uh, good family, uh, really solid. I thought, but we were doing some follow up discipleship after that, and since it was the Easter season, uh, this little guy looks at me and he says, "So I've, I've got a question." What what happened? What did Jesus do after the resurrection? What yeah. happened after that? I mean, did he did he get married? Oh, uh, wow. How did he, actually the question was how did he die the second time? Hmm. I'm like, what? He said, yeah. I mean, after the resurrection, I mean, did he just live a life and get married? Wow. And I'm like, yeah, you've been reading the Da Vinci Code too much <laughs> exactly. or something. Yeah. But I realized that. They're even you know the best of families, church every Sunday, church every Wednesday. If that's all you do with your kids, they've got two, three hours tops of religious instruction per week right. unless you're reinforcing things at home. Right, I mean, right. Deuteronomy 6 really drives home the responsibility for parents. Teach this to your children when you lie down, when you rise up, when you're on the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless your youth minister uh, is boarding at your house, <laughs> nobody else yeah. is going to talk about this stuff with your that's kids right. when they lie down, when that's they right. rise up. Well, so, you made a great point there, too, about the whole Deuteronomy 6 passage is that, you know, it's not just taking our kids to church and expecting them to, to learn about Christ. And even for us, you know, coming from ministry backgrounds, you know, folks would say, oh, it's easier for you guys to talk about it at home. And maybe in some sense it is because, I mean, it's part of, it was part of our job on mm-hmm. church staff. But still, we're parents um, that are still trying to deal with all these kind of things in our homes. You know, for us, it it has to it has had to have become... You know that Jesus is as much a part of our family as you are, as your sister is, as your mom is, mm-hmm. as I am. That you know Jesus is a part of of who we are. It's not you know, okay. We go and see him at church on Sunday, and then we don't talk about him anymore. Mm-hmm. It's it's we go that, visit him. Yeah, we go visit <laughs> Jesus for a while. I'm going to Jesus' That's house right, today. That, yeah. yeah, that you know it becomes something that that he is 
a part of our family. Um, you know, let's go to that first question and just kind of talk through that as parents. You know, why did Jesus come into the world? I, I think we can handle that one. Um, and a lot of folks can handle that one because, you know, that obviously gets into the whole Christmas and Easter stuff. And we can talk about that pretty easy. But why is it important for us to start there when we're talking about lordship with our kids to understand why Jesus came in the first place? Well, I think, number one, we have this misconception, especially with teenagers, that you know, Jesus is the, the great buzzkill, hmm. that the main reason for you know, Jesus to come into the world is to tell you all the things that you're not allowed to do. Right. And hmm. as I you know, look forward, or with, forward with fear and trembling to my son being in high school, I know that there's going to be rebellion, there's going to be the desire to step out and you know, cross the line and some different behaviors. And if all we ever talk about is that Jesus came to give us the rule book, then he's totally going to miss the point. And John 10.10 says Christ came that we can have life and have it to the fullest. And a a youth ministry that not so much focused on activities but one that is fun to go to is going to make a difference in his life when when he realizes that Christianity isn't just drudgery. It's it's an abundant life and – Jesus says, this is why I came into the world, to offer you that kind of abundant life. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I think that, and this may be jumping to, the, to our last lesson, but to the kind of not the opposite extreme, but a different view of that is we get this view of he's come to take all the joy away or give us a rule book or the view that I think a lot of our adult believers have that our students pick up on that. Well, that Jesus came to be my savior and now who I'm not going to hell. So, you know, just yeah. kind of leave I'm me alone. Card. And, yeah, yeah. You know, just leave me alone and I can kind of do what I want to. And, you know, I'll need you again when I die so that I can get on in kind of deal. And that's what I think that I, I also think that students pick that up a lot from their parents. You know, yeah. that's pretty much, Oh, we've, Oh yeah, we've got Jesus. And then you kind of just live your own life. And, you know, he's kind of, he's in the background if you need some mm-hmm. help kind of deal. Yeah. Well, and Mike, uh, you know, James brought up this whole point of, you know, abundant life, you know, for some parents, they're thinking, what is that? How how would you explain that to parents and to students? That's a great question. Um, And in in some ways, we want to say, well, abundantly, it's joy, which it is, you know, it is joy. But for me, it's it's um, it's joyful purpose. Uh, I just try to think about my life sometimes of what would I, what would my life be like without Christ, without mm. my commitment to him? What would, what would be the point in me living? I mean, I, I mean, because I've been so wrapped up for, I mean, you know, came to Christ as a child, grew up in a Christian home. And that's all I've known is living for Christ. And this is, this life is very short and you're going to live for eternity. And that whole purpose, my life's been wrapped up in that purpose. I'm thinking, gosh, what would it be like without that purpose? And that is what abundant life is. It's life with purpose. Right. It's, it's life with meaning, not just, oh, you have this existence and you die and you're nothing. It, it's, it's, here's this life. You're going you're gonna to have eternal life. Yeah, but right now there is purpose about what you're doing, and there is joy in fulfilling that purpose. Well, and I would also even at that point just stop and just recognize that you know, there, there are parents listening to this podcast that have gone to church and have done you know, the Christian stuff. And are listening to this whole abundant life thinking, I don't know what that's all about. Man, mm-hmm. that, that is what Jesus came, is to give us a life of meaning and purpose and abundance, a joyful life. Mm-hmm. And, man, we want to encourage you, you know, if if you find yourself in that situation, man, talk to your pastor. Talk to uh, other leaders at your church about, man, how can I experience this joy? Because as you begin to have this conversation with your students this month about what Jesus has come to do in their lives 
he's come to do that in your life too and wants to have a, a meaningful relationship with you. Um, he, he didn't come just to give your kids life. He came exactly. to give you life too. Um, and it's not, it's not something like you mentioned, James, that you know, we do all these things in, in student ministry and then we become adults and Christian life goes back to being real boring. Man, it's mm. not. It's, yeah. It is a life full of meaning and purpose. So. Yeah. Our second session in this whole unit is talking about miracles. Why did Jesus do miracles? How do students relate to that today, you think? We don't see a lot of walking on the water and, and other stuff. So Yeah, and I think that's the biggest question. When they the first time they read through the gospels and are starting to think for themselves, one of the first questions they're gonna ask is, Well, how come I don't see that today? How right. come you know Jesus isn't walking on water or raising people from the dead left and right? Uh, why can't it be like the way it was in, in the Bible? So, Mike, what do you think? Well, I was just letting you land, let you answer that, James. <laughs> yeah. You brought that up, you know. So, I think it's just—I mean—I think we have to be able to turn our eyes to the power of God still, what He's doing in people's lives, right. um, and and changing lives. And and I've referred to these. And Rick knows the story of friends of ours across the street that we had the opportunity to really minister to, and and we saw we literally saw. Christ transformed their lives and their family, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's what I would say, you know, more, more, more valuable, more powerful than, you know, uh, healing someone who's blind, which is very powerful, but to see a whole life transformed and changed. Right. Wow. You know, yeah. that's, yeah. so I would point, I would point to that, but I would also say, you know, God is still doing those things. He is, you know, we probably all could talk about people that we've known who've been healed you know, physically or mentally or whatever, we've seen that happen. But I think also that I would point to, in fact, I wrote on miracles for your uh, curriculum there. And James. you did a great job. <laughs> See, that's why I asked, yeah, you, why you asked me that. Yeah. Great. <laughs> but is that to look at that, you know, Jesus didn't heal everyone that was sick. Mm-hmm. He didn't heal every blind person. He didn't raise everyone from the dead. Uh, he he had purpose about the miracles that he did, and they were for they weren't just for a show. He wasn't out a, had threw up a big tent and said, "Hey, come see the miracle worker." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, although that's what people wanted, um, but uh, he had purpose about what he did, and I think he still does it that way. As far as the, the the miracles that we think about, the healings and those kinds of things. Yeah, and what blows my mind the last night that Jesus was with his disciples and promising that the Holy Spirit was going to come. One of the things he said was, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to see even greater things mm-hmm. than these. And I'm thinking, okay, if I was one of those disciples, right. I've been with Jesus for three years. I've seen some pretty amazing things. Right. How how are you going to top that? And the fact is when Jesus was on the earth, he could only be in one place at one time. Mm-hmm. But when the Holy Spirit came and began to indwell believers, suddenly – Jesus's influence and ministry was worldwide yeah. and global, and he wasn't he wasn't restricted to being in one place at one time healing one guy. Suddenly, the church is all over the world and all through history. and And when I look at what the church can do in the lives of people, I understand what Jesus meant by "you will see greater things than mm-hmm. this." Well, and as you brought that up, I mean, you just look at you know the second chapter of Acts that. You know, the first thing that happened after Jesus said that was that 5,000 people were added to the church in one mm-hmm. day. It was like, yeah. and sometimes we'll read past that and think, wow, that's pretty cool. But I mean, that that was a miracle. That was the beginning of a new phase of miracles. And, and you know, Mike, what you're saying, you know, we still look for those big things. And, and we still, and there are still, you know, televangelists and preachers that we <laughs> see on TV that have huge gatherings and, and do 
huge miracle and healing services. And we think, well, okay, there's miracles. But I would agree with you. It really comes back to, you know, that personal miracle, of what God has done in my life and the things that he continues to do. But going back to the session, why did Jesus do miracles? It was exactly that that you mentioned was to, to point to God and the greatness mm-hmm. of who God is and to just amaze the disciples that they say, man, what kind of man is this that he can control the wind and the waves? Mm-hmm. You know, it was that, that power that Jesus demonstrated there that he still has in our lives, which goes again back to that very first session that, you know, that abundant life, man, that's a miracle of, of what God does in my life to give me peace in the midst of storms mm-hmm. to, you know, guide our family and give us wisdom and direction. I mean, those, those are all part of his work in our lives. That third week, uh, we're getting into heaven and hell. Um, why do I need to know Jesus? Man, I tell you, just on the front end, as a parent, as a Christian parent, I think this is one of those sessions that we can find either great comfort in or you know, great fear, fear, depending on where our kids are at. You know, and and as a parent, you know, I'm, you know, I'm excited. I'm relieved. Um, I praise God that both of my kids have come to a relationship with Him and have expressed Him as Savior and Lord in their lives. You know, that's what we're looking for. But man, heaven and hell are realities. And and again, parents that are listening to this that may not be Christians and don't have that awareness. Man, that is that is truth. There is a heaven and a hell, and Jesus came to not only give us this abundant life, but to redeem us and, and to protect us from an eternity set apart from God. What do we do with our kids to help them in that process? It's not so much about you know beating them over the head, um, but you know it's, it's expressing love and concern. Uh, how do we encourage parents to talk about this issue? Well, you know, you got to talk about it. I mean, it's it's eternal issue, and again, like James just said, if you if you just leave it up to what they're getting on Sunday and Wednesday, then that's just not enough, you know. And that's that's a fundamental issue. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? And to be able to talk about it, what does that mean? Because it has bugged me the last few years, having been one that at points in my faith have really struggled with assurance and doubt and those kinds of things to to be in, in youth services or camps or whatever that we, you know, if you, you know, raise your hand, stand up, repeat this prayer, then we've kind of just said, oh, yeah, now you're a believer kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been over and over again my experience in being a counselor that, that follows those kinds of services when a student comes back to talk with me about that and I say, okay, well, what took place in there? They don't have a clue. They don't mm. know. They don't know what it means to really enter a relationship with Jesus and what that costs. And, you know, so, you know, we need to be careful. I, I just think there's a lot of students wandering around thinking, they once again, they've got the ticket. <laughs> right. But they don't really know Christ. You know what that means, yeah. Yeah. And in terms of the, the why do I need to know Jesus, uh, before we deal with that, we have to make sure students understand how it is that they know Jesus. Right. Uh, that it's not... You know, I've I've heard it said that that God doesn't have any grandchildren; He only has children. Mm-hmm. And what that means to me is that it doesn't matter if mom and dad have made this decision. Uh, what matters is whether my children have, mm-hmm. uh, because it, they cannot just coast in on their parents' yeah. faith. Mm-hmm. But you know, getting back to the the why question, I think if I was trying to explain that to to Caleb or you know 
if I had a daughter who was a Justin Bieber fan, for example, <laughs> um, uh, Caleb, if you're listening, I know you're not a Justin Bieber <laughs> fan, but if I had a daughter uh, and she knew everything about him, she knew his birthday, she had posters all over her wall, she knew how tall he was, she knew you know what shampoo he used to make his hair do just that thing, uh, there is a huge difference between knowing about Justin mm-hmm. Bieber and if she, you know, came to his house and rang the door, what would keep him from putting a restraining order out on her? Nothing, because even though she knows everything about him, mm. she doesn't know him. Right. And for my kids who've grown up in church, they may know lots and lots and lots and lots of facts about Jesus. But is that really knowing mm. Jesus? And you know, let's just imagine that my teenage daughter really did know Justin Bieber. Wouldn't that be so much cooler than just knowing about yeah. Justin Bieber? Mm-hmm. I mean, that relationship would be its own reward. You wouldn't have to explain, you know, why should I get to know him if I was really interested in him? Uh, it would answer the question. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and parents, as you're listening to this and, and you're wondering, how do I even get into conversations like this? Again, as we always do, uh, there on our website at lifeway.com slash known, if you just click on that parent ministry resources link, you're going to find a parent ministry plan, a parent meeting plan, as well as a set of questions to be able to ask your students each week for each one of these sessions. Uh, you know, six to eight questions that you can engage your students in conversation. But I also want to point out, this would be a great session, just kind of point this out, that for your students in their student material, um, at the very back, the back inside cover of their student materials, uh, we have developed a plan of salvation, and there are a lot of these out on the web. You can find a lot of this information, but we've developed one off of the letters of known, K-N-O-W-N, real quickly, uh, just so you can walk through that with your students. Uh, the K is to know God, um, and James has talked about that, to, to get to know him, know him that he is Jesus, the Son, uh, the Son of God who was born at Christmas that we celebrate. They died on the cross uh, just to begin to know him. The end is to name Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to recognize that you know he died on the cross for our sin, and, and we need to turn to him. We need to recognize him as Savior. It's not just a belief. It's a belief that turns into action, that we accept him. Uh, o is to own up to your sin, to take responsibility, uh, and part of that ownership is we're going to confess that sin to God. Ask him to forgive us for that sin. Uh, w is to walk in a different direction. The uh, Bible talks about that as repentance. Uh, it talks about just kind of turning our, our back on the way that we once lived to walk in a way that's going to please and honor God, to walk in that different direction. And then that last N in known is to uh, never doubt that God loves you. And that really gets into that assurance of salvation that God promises that he loves us, that he's always going to be with us. Um, in First John five thirteen, it says that, I've written these things that you would know that you have a relationship with God. And and that's what we're talking about when we're talking about the sharing, this plan of salvation, this this relationship with Jesus with your kids. And you know, I've I've been in church and have been on staff and, and as we have, and we all know parents that, that, you know, get to a point that their kids are ready to accept Christ and they feel like they've got to run them off over to the pastor or the youth minister to, to, <laughs> to lead them to Christ. Man, parents, one of the greatest things and greatest joys in being a parent is leading your own kids to Christ. And so we would encourage you to do that if you've, if you've not had the opportunity to do that. Uh, we do pray with you for your kids if they aren't Christians that God would use this material they're studying and known, especially uh, this month, to bring them to a relationship with him. So uh, we just want to pray that for you. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. The last session that we're looking at um, really kind of ties all this together. 
and really comes back to this whole topic of lordship. question is, what does it mean for Jesus to be Lord of my life? I'm just going to ask you guys that question. What does it mean for Jesus to be Lord of your life? I think the key word, and we use the word here in the point, is that you must totally surrender your life to him. I think that's a a good word that we need to use with students. I've used the word uh, commit your life to Christ, and I'll still use it, and that's fine, you know. But when Jesus called people, he called them to surrender. Mm -hmm. Uh, It wasn't just, hey, I'm going to commit my life. Yeah, I'll follow you. But it was of leaving everything behind, uh, of total surrender and, you know, um, and Jesus said, if you want to be my follower, you're going to have to take up your cross daily and follow me. And and what the cross was used for was not to hang around your neck. It was used to, for death, mm. to kill people. And, and so he was saying, you know, you're going to die uh, and totally give your life. And that's what it means for him to be Lord. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, I struggle with that. You know, it's still a daily struggle for me to, to, to surrender who I am and what I, you know, where I'm going and all those things to totally surrender my life to him. But that's what it means for him to be Lord. Mm. Yeah. And don't be... I used to be really afraid of that word surrender because mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, who wants to give up? <laughs> who want, yeah. we're, we're not in a culture that, that gives up easily. Mm-hmm. But that is the essence of, of the Christian life. It's to surrender your own will mm-hmm. to, to God's will and, and realize that in that giving up, you're receiving more than you mm-hmm. could ever possibly imagine. So don't be afraid of the word surrender and don't be afraid to to challenge your kids to live for something greater than themselves. Absolutely. I mean in the secular world they are are being challenged in that way everywhere you look to to do something bigger, to do something greater. And and there's a lot of good things yeah. happening in the secular world. But when those good things are done under the the leadership and the authority of Christ, then suddenly good things become God things and kingdom things mm. and talk about investment in something way, way bigger than yourselves. I think we can all get excited about sure. that. Well, and it's I mean it's really a, a living out of that of that, you know, the the marketing that went around what would Jesus do, you know, years mm. ago. It really is that that daily living out of that of what would Jesus do? You know, it's not just you know, Lord of the big decisions. You know, Jesus mm-hmm. wants to be Lord and and guide everything that we do in our lives. Um, and that's not to say to take that, you know, to, you know, this blown up extreme of, okay, what vegetable should I cook for dinner tonight um, <laughs> kind of a thing. But, you know, Jesus, how how can I honor you today? How can I live my life? And as we make decisions as family, as as parents, you know, what would Jesus have us do? You know, spend time praying about it. Um, you know, my wife will ask us oftentimes, have we prayed about that yet? You know, about things, um, big things and little things, um, you know, getting ready to install hardwood floor a couple weeks ago. And have we prayed about that and, hmm. um, and pray that it would go well, um, you know, but to, to allow Jesus to be Lord of, of all that's going on in our lives. And, and for me, a part of that, that being Lord and being able to talk about this with our kids is that Jesus is a natural part of our conversation. It's not weird when, our kids hear us say Jesus and and talking about him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for some of us that, you know, the only time they may hear the name Jesus is not an appropriate, appropriate time. way. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, is, you know, do our kids hear us as parents talking about Jesus other than when we sit down and pray and, and get ready to eat and pray and thank Jesus for the food. If that's all we're talking about, Jesus, and we're really missing the mark of what we're trying to do with this whole unit of study. Wow. This may be a really awkward analogy, but it's like, you know, when a dad is gearing up to have the sex talk with his son, you know, he's so nervous because that's not something that they talk right, about yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. 
And in the same way, if Jesus isn't part of our normal everyday conversation, we can get worked up saying, okay, I've got to have the Jesus talk with my son. I've got to talk about salvation. And, you know, it ought to be just a natural part of conversation every day. Yeah, yeah. Wrap this one up for us, Mike. Well, Rick, I was just sitting here thinking, and I think you probably have heard me talk about this before, but uh, Rick and I got to go to the Philippines a year and a half ago, a couple years ago, and I was just really, God really used that to speak to me. And, and the analogy that I pulled out of that, and I talked with students about that, is that, you know, it's like we all have here, we have a shopping cart and we put lots of good things in it. We put athletics in it. We put school in it. We put stuff in it. And, and somewhere along the way, we add Jesus to the cart, hmm. you know, and, and we go about life, you know, we're secure because we got him in the cart, you know, and we go through our life making sure we, we just kind of live our lives and, you know, everything's okay because we got Jesus in the cart. But when we were in the Philippines, I saw people's lives who, for them, Jesus was the cart, hmm. that everything they did was wrapped up in who he was and mm. his purpose for their lives. And I, and I tell students, they're probably sick of that illustration because I tell the students I teach on Sunday morning, we talk about that a lot, that he's not just something you add to the cart. He is the cart. He is your life. And he is the purpose. So whether you're going to be a missionary or an engineer or whatever, it's all about him and what he wants to do in your life. And that gets back to that lordship. That surrender just to say, my life is not my own anymore. It's all about you. And I follow you, Jesus. Mm. Well, parents, thanks for joining us this month. Uh, Pick us up again next month. We'll have a new unit of study for you. Thanks for joining us. 